We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everyone? I'm BJ Kissel, and this is KCSN Update, our daily Chiefs show and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our good friends at DraftKings. Thanks for hanging out today. Please hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. It helps. We've got plenty of content. Take a look around the YouTube channel and tell me it's not worth a free click for you. And uh, we appreciate you if you're listening on the podcast audio platform of your choice and don't uh, don't hesitate to search kcsn and find the rest of our content not just covering chiefs but the royals sporting the kc current kuk state mizzou and we got some specialty shows out there as well uh something for everybody here at kc sports network hope you're having a great pre-christmas week uh getting time with the fam and your loved ones or whoever you want to spend time with uh and uh, getting ready for the chiefs and seahawks game on saturday at noon, we'll be soon joined by Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama to get his three key matchups in this game. But again, we appreciate you all for spending part of your day with us. Uh, but before we bring on Trevor, here's a quick word from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They have the best app that's easy to navigate, in my opinion, and I love all the different plays they offer and how quickly they do payouts. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. My personal favorites are the anytime scores. You don't have to be a betting expert, and it doesn't matter the score of the game at the time. You've always got a shot. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
All right, let's bring on Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus because it's Friday and it's time for our three key matchups. Trevor, before we get to the football stuff, how is your pre-Christmas week going? How are things? Oh, it's wonderful. Um, just drove down from Cincinnati, Ohio to Charlotte, North Carolina, where my fiance is. So getting to spend some wonderful time with my fiance <laughs> and my dog down here, which is great. And more importantly, I got to avoid some of the negative temperatures that we now have in Cincinnati, as I'm sure a lot of uh, your Kansas City listeners have experienced over the last couple of days. So I got out of there just in time. It's still cold here, but not quite that cold. You know, it's getting cold when the grocery stores and Walmart and Price Chopper and, and Hy-Vee's and all those, they're completely out of like milk and bread and like bottles of water, like all the necessities, toilet paper, all that stuff like gone off the shelf. Like people are preparing uh, to hunker down for what seems to be like a week, although it's going to be, I think it was Tony before we record, it's going to be like 58 degrees next week. So whatever snows on the ground right now is going to melt away pretty soon. But uh, I've been joking all week that for Chiefs fans that are going to this game, that's not a divisional game. They've already won the division. There isn't a ton riding on this individual game. And the fact that it's going to be like negative 30 wind chill, it's on a Saturday of Christmas Eve, the game's at noon. You earn your fan card, Chiefs yes. Kingdom, for going out to this game. Like, this is one you tip your cap and you're like, you know what? I am in it. Uh, you only get so many opportunities to go watch these guys play and see Patrick Mahomes in person uh, and the rest of the crew. So you got to take advantage of it. But man, um, if we weren't doing a post game show, I would definitely be out there. Uh, it's one thing I do miss about doing the, the post games all the time is not being out there at Arrowhead every week. But uh, major respect to anybody listening uh, that's either listening the day before you head out there. If you're listening to this on the way out there, I salute you, all of you, Chiefs Kingdom, for, for heading out there and supporting the guys during an uh, inopportune time from a weather perspective. So let's get into this, Trevor. Let's get your three key matchups for this game, uh, starting with the Seahawks offense. And I know you want to talk about their run game. Yeah, so look, Seahawks started the year off really hot. They were the darlings of the NFL, right? It started off mm -hmm. in week one with Geno Smith taking out Russell Wilson. And uh, a lot of people had fun watching that game. And it's been fun to root for Geno Smith, who is now a pro bowler. Um, as he has kind of gone throughout this season, it was kind of this – team where people thought ah, oh, the Seahawks are going to win like three, four, maybe five games this year. And here they are still in playoff contention. Now it's become a long shot for them to be in playoff contention because of what's happened over the last couple of games. They've lost yeah. four out of their last five. And that includes with the bye week in there, which was supposed to be a little bit of a reset for them, which it just has not helped a big reason why, of course, when I look at why a team is struggling, the first place that I go to is the trenches, offensive trenches, mm -hmm. defensive trenches. I look at if there's a big deficiency there and there certainly is along the offensive line. You know, they got two starters in, in, in this current rookie class with um, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, uh, their left and right tackles this year. They started off really well. Th this team was playing well with a Young, new offensive line I think through the first, I'll say, nine weeks of the season. They were all playing really well. Hasn't been the case since then. Week 10 through 15, they are one of the bottom five offensive lines in the NFL when it comes to running the ball. And the reason why I want to bring up running the ball is because it also just feels like, for as much as people want to say that, oh, running, running doesn't matter. Well, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's not as, as it's not as impactful as your successes and failures in the passing game, but it does still matter. This Seahawks team is one that, like I said, wasn't projected to have a lot of wins this season. So staying balanced on offense has been very important to them. They don't have a lot of takeover players, uh, even for as well as Geno Smith has been playing at quarterback. 
to say, ah, we don't need the run game at all. The run game has to definitely work for them. When you look at weeks one through nine, the Seattle Seahawks, they were 12th in the NFL in EPA per rush, almost a positive EPA per rush, which is a really good note to have if you can be in the positives. And they were also 12th in rushing grade and PFF and an 83.0. These last couple of weeks, weeks 10 through 15, 28th in the NFL in EPA per rush and 25th in the NFL in uh, in rush grade all the way down to a 65.4. So from an 83.0 to a 65.4, that is a big dip, especially for a team that is trying to stay as balanced as the Seahawks are. And so that becomes a major issue for them. Uh, especially with Kenneth Walker being hurt, you know, he's, he's yeah. nursing that ankle, you know, even if he is able to go, how effective is he going to be ankle injuries for running backs, clearly things that really can bother them and hold them back. So what is the running game even going to be if Kenneth Walker gets out there, even separate from the offensive line. So ultimately that's a big key because if Seattle is not able to perform at an optimal offensive level for what their game plan is, which we figure is going to be a decent amount of run game, it's hard to think that they would outscore the Kansas City Chiefs because that's what it was it about, right? When you go into, all right, this team's playing the Chiefs, the very first thing that you have to look at is, I would say, not even how do you slow down Patrick Mahomes because that question just seems to get harder and harder to answer all the time. It's the fact that if you even slow him down, can you score enough points to keep up? Can you get right. something in the mid-20s, the low-30s, whatever it is? And if Seattle doesn't have that run game going – I don't know if they've got the firepower to keep up. I don't know if they can just be this drop back passing heavy team, even though I like Tyler Lockett. I like DK Metcalf. I like Geno Smith. Do they have enough in the tank to really keep up with the chiefs? And I think uh, the success of the run game is going to have to go into that. In fact, Tyler Lockett's not going to play in this game either with an injury. So you're missing Tyler Lockett. You're missing uh, potentially missing Kenneth Walker, who even I think he's averaging just over three yards per carry over his last four with that ankle injury. It's kind of been lingering, has been practicing. And we were talking before about the weather. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much you know you're dealing with an an injury like that. How much the weather is going to play a part? Uh, I'd say if it's cold, can't get loose. Maybe it's going to hurt it, but it's going to be so cold that maybe can't even feel it. (laughs) Not these guys have their special sauce that they could not feel it anyway. But if there is a chance for Kenneth Walker and the Seahawks to still have a chance to make the playoffs, I'd be surprised if he didn't try to give it a go because looking at their carries, I mean, DJ Dallas is the only other guy on their team that's got any carries this season because Rashad right. Penny is done for the year. If Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. isn't playing in this game, check out the guy that has 24 carries this season. And then Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf are basically the passing game. Both those guys just over 900 yards receiving. Next guy's Noah Fant with 414. I mean, right. most of the the production is coming from those guys, and you're missing two of those three guys with Tyler Lockett and Kenneth uh, Walker. That's going to be a tough thing for them to overcome. Uh, but on the flip side, staying on the, the Seahawks offensive side, but the matchup in the trenches, I know every week it seems like we talk about Chris Jones uh, and what that matchup's going to look like. I actually had some fun talking with Brett Coleman about this on Wednesday because he alluded to uh, Charles Cross tipping some stuff. Uh, in his last couple games, as far as giving away some things with his stance and different things that he's doing, that's been a key for you know opposing players to know what he's been doing. But what are you looking forward to uh, with that matchup in the trenches? Yeah, just kind of going off of what I was talking about a little bit earlier with, with trench play. I'll just go with some PFF grades that we've got here. Since week 10, Seahawks offensive line doesn't have a single player graded above 67 and a half, which is not good. Both Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross have yielded double digit pressures since week 10. And so that's, again, they started off real hot, 
were not able to continue that. Weeks one through nine, they had four players above 67.5. So then right now they have none. They have no players that are listed above that in the grades. And um, before that, previously through weeks one through nine, they had four guys. So the offensive line was just playing a lot better as a whole. Chiefs have the six most pressures in the NFL at 260. So we know that this is a unit that can really um, get after the passer, especially from the interior, right? Of course, we talk about Chris yeah. Jones all the time. And there's a reason why we talk about Chris Jones all the time because he's one of the best. And he's, he's a game wrecker every single game. Now, I will say this. The offensive lineman that is graded the highest for the Kansas City Chiefs is their interior offensive lineman, Damian Lewis. So that is all of a sudden, I think, their biggest matchup, right? If there's anywhere where they might be able to have success, it might be against Kansas City's strength. But still, um, Lewis versus Chris Jones, I don't know if anybody's really given Lewis too much of a fight there. But we'll, we'll have to see. On paper, the reason why this is a key matchup is because it feels like it's an overwhelming favorite for the Chiefs. So I just talked about the lack of success that they have in the run game with the production that they have with their ball carriers. Now also they've got a lack of production from the guys up front when it comes to pass blocking and pass protection. They're giving up a lot of pressures. They're not playing well as a unit. And it's not a good time to run into Kansas City, which has a handful of guys that they can throw at the pocket in a lot of different ways. So ultimately that's where it's got to that, – that, that, it's two points that kind of go with each other, but it has to be about Seattle's offensive line because if they can't keep up, then it's just it's it's going to be an ugly day. It's just going to be an ugly day. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah, so what what I hear when you say that is that uh, this is the game that George Karloftis is going to get that four-sack game that he needs to get back on track uh, to threaten Derek Thomas's rookie sack record. As long as there's game left on the schedule, I'm going to do the math to figure it out, and I think he needs seven and a half sacks over the final three. Did he get one last week? No, it broke his streak. I think last week broke, broke the streak. 
Um, but he is second on the team in pressures. I'm looking at it right now, courtesy of uh, Pro Football Focus, that he's got 40 pressures, only behind Chris Jones's 55. So he has been uh, at times affecting the quarterback and doing different things. And they've talked about um, how much they've thrown at him this season and basically putting him out there as a starter and uh, not really kind of warming him up like they do a lot of you know rookie defensive ends. You don't see a lot of guys, especially guys that picked outside the top five, top ten, really mm-hmm. make impacts as rookies. Uh, in general so that was always going to be a thing for the Chiefs as we spent all offseason last year talking about the fact that you know they ranked you know dead last I think in the AFC uh, with I think it was 31 sacks as a team they were 29th in the NFL overall and for them to be sixth in pressures and fourth in total sacks right now uh, it's a credit uh, not just to you know Brett Veach and those guys for bringing in Karloftis signing Carlos Dunlap these guys that have made plays but you know one of the guys Michael Dana uh, has really been making a lot of plays on the interiors. He kind of slides in in passing situations for him. So, uh, yeah, let's flip to the other side of the ball. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Chiefs' pass catchers. I know that that matchup on the outside, I guess on both sides for both teams. Uh, but what do you see? We can't go through this show and talk about matchups and not talk about Patrick Mahomes and his weapons and what this could look like uh, against the Seahawks. Again, during a very, very uh, not great weather situation to throw the football around. Uh, but we know it's Andy Reid. We know it's the Chiefs. We know they're going to throw the football. Yeah, the specific pass catchers versus pass defenders coverage, guys, it, it is what I'm really looking forward to in this game because if you look at the top pass catching options on both teams, it's Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. It's DK Metcalf on the Seahawks. The top coverage players on the opposite side of things don't exactly line up with you getting a strength versus strength. For example, I think the Seahawks would love to get Tyreek, Tyreek Woolen, their outstanding athletic giant alien, like Mm -hmm. rookie against a alien kind of athlete like Travis Kelsey. But the problem is that if you, I know that Travis Kelsey certainly can play on the outside, but if you want to get creative with him coming off the line of scrimmage and playing from the slot, well, Tariq Woolen, I think only has four coverage snaps in the slot this year so everything that he does is on the outside he's an outside corner so the Chiefs could purposefully say we're not going to put Travis Kelsey on the outside because if we put Travis Kelsey on the outside then there's a chance that Tariq Willing can go up against him and that might just be something that might be able to neutralize him whenever we do that so they can almost avoid the Seahawks best coverage player now Ryan Neal's been playing better their safety and I think he's going up against tight ends as well so I think that that's a matchup that you definitely look forward to if you we're not going to get Woolen versus um versus Travis Kelsey but on the other side of things with Jerry Sneed is the Chiefs best corner he plays primarily from the slot DK Metcalf plays most of his work on the outside now Metcalf will sometimes come into the slot but again you're in a situation where this guy most of his snaps come outside so why would you have him in the slot if you know that that is going up against their best defender. So instead, you got guys right. like Chad McDuffie, you got Joshua Williams, whoever it's going to be on the outside for Kansas City getting to go up against DK Metcalf. So all of a sudden, to me, unless the defenses really change what they do, the offense might have exactly what they want with their best players. So it's almost like who executes better? Who is going to take advantage of that the most? So that was something that as I was kind of looking up what could be some matchups, the snap alignment of certain coverage players versus what either offense might want to do. I think actually yeah. leans towards both offenses having the advantage and it might be a little bit of a shootout there in that regard when they try to target their best players. 
All right, now I want to get your prediction in this game, and I'm going to give you this context because as Chiefs fans, we're kind of used to it. We get frustrated every time, but we get kind of used to it. Seems like it's been a thing um, since Andy Reid's been there for a decade that sometimes they play down to their opponents. Um, they don't necessarily go out there and dominate teams that they're better than all as often as we feel like they should. Uh, we've seen that over the last couple of weeks with the Broncos and then last week in the game against the Texans where we've talked about it all week, but they have over 500 yards of total offense. Defensively, they only allowed 233 yards, but they had to go to overtime against one of the worst teams in the NFL. But I, my biggest takeaway coming out of that game was that those young guys for the Texans really do play hard for Lovey Smith. It's true. Those guys came out and they were not making offseason plans. They have not turned the page yet. Uh, I was really impressed with how well they came out. It's probably one of the hardest hitting teams um, I've seen the Chiefs face so far this year. They came out and they absolutely wanted it. But in this game, it's again, it's another opponent the Chiefs should go out there and beat. And the line is 10. The Chiefs mm-hmm. are favored by 10 points right now with an over-under, I believe, of 49, unless that's changed because of weather. Uh, but what do you expect? As somebody who's nailed the score and gotten very close multiple times, including nailing it once, what do you expect the score to be in this game, and how do you expect this to play out? For one, uh, I think the Houston Texans are a really well-coached team. So much so mm-hmm. that I picked them as my upset team this week as they face the Tennessee Titans. So they're, I think they're five-and-a-half-point dogs in this game. I think that line opened up at eight. Like, Titans were favored by eight, and it quickly went down below a touchdown because a lot of yeah. people were like, oh, or picking Houston. I'd pick Houston to win that game. So that's just to give Houston respect for how well they've been playing. Okay, you you – have a better idea of what the weather is going to look at like at kickoff can you tell me what the weather is going to be at kickoff before i make my prediction yes give me one sec i'll quickly because if it is just ugly then I, i i do think kansas city might cover because of the lack of run game that cincinnati that uh sorry not cincinnati the seattle seahawks are gonna have it's gonna be sunny with a 12-mile-an-hour northwest wind with a high of 19 degrees. So probably during game time, sitting between 14 and 17. With the wind chill, probably going to get that down around zero. Yeah. That's a pretty strong wind. That's <laughs> that, that is cold. Uh, I'm going to say Chiefs 24 Seahawks 13. I just, I, I, I just I would say 13 I, or 17. I wouldn't be sure yeah, which one you were going to go yeah, with. I, I almost put the difference and said 15, but I was like, Trev, how are we getting to 15? You gotta, you gotta think that out there, but no. So, all right. So I think it's going to be uh 24 to, th- to 13. I think Kansas City's going to win this one. Um, if anybody's getting explosive plays, I just think it's Kansas City. I, I just don't think Seattle's offensive line is going to be up for the tax. They certainly haven't been over the last five weeks. And I think that's what it ultimately boils down to. You know, the weather is not as bad as I feel like it could have been. I feel like I read reports yeah. that, you know, there is good. The wind could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot colder. It could have been to the point where like, hey, nobody wants to do anything but hand the ball off. I just want to hike the ball, hand it off. We'll, we'll all go home. So I thought it might have been closer if the weather was going to be worse. But that weather to me is good enough to where. I think both teams are going to try to open it up. Therefore, I do think that Seattle is going to be able to move the ball through the air a little bit, but it's hard to imagine without Kenneth Walker, 
uh, certainly without Tyler Lockett as well, that they would be able to put up a ton of points uh, in yeah. Arrowhead, which we already know is a really tough place to play. So I'll say they cover, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with an 11-point win. I'll go 24 to 13 is my final score here. You sound very confident in that answer. <laughs> I, I always am. <laughs> as long as the Chiefs don't have 100 yards of penalties and two turnovers that lead two points for the other team. We saw the margin of error play itself out in a very interesting way. Like I just yeah. mentioned, the total yards difference between the Chiefs offense and the, the Texans offense last week. But you have 100 yards of penalties. You have two bad turnovers, I think, on the other side of the field, or at least at midfield, that were quickly turned into touchdowns for the Texans. And you have a overtime overtime thriller that needed a uh, un- second straight week of Jarek McKinnon uh, just dominating uh, with what he does. I think he has 200 and like almost 260 yards and four touchdowns uh, from scrimmage over the last two weeks for the chiefs against the Broncos and the Texans. We'll see what happens uh, in this game coming up. Uh, one last thing before I let you go, we're asking, I'm asking everybody this week, probably for the next three weeks, how do you see the AFC as a conference playing out? Do you feel like Buffalo uh, with the way that they're playing, and they've got that matchup that Chiefs fans will have a watch party for on January 2nd at mm-hmm. Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. Uh, how do you see the AFC playing out? Do you think the Bills went out and the Chiefs, they've got the Seahawks, the Broncos, and then the Raiders to finish up? Um, I have been saying that I think the Bengals beat the Bills, and – Uh, There's nothing that really the Bengals have done for me to think that that's not going to be the case. So I will still stick with that. And I will say that I I think the Chiefs get the one seed. Um, I think the Bengals will get the two seed. I think the Bills will then be the three. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars winning the South and getting the fourth seed. I don't know if that's going to (laughs) happen. I would love to see it happen. It'd be fun. But that's kind of how I see those top four um, shaking out i think it's going to be kansas city's at one as long as i did the math correctly and the tiebreakers correctly and kansas city's yep. going to get the one i think cincinnati will get the two and i think buffalo will get the three it's going to be fun to see how all of oh, it plays the, out i do AFC playoffs are going to be incredible man it doesn't to me it doesn't even matter what the seeding is yeah. we're going to get we're going to get incredible matchups every single week in the AFC. There's going to be yeah. let's face it, stinkers in the NFC until we probably get to <laughs> the NFC Championship game, let's be honest. Every week in the AFC playoffs is going to be bonkers. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be must The watch. divisional round Chiefs Bengals at Arrowhead is going to be I've been saying before, <laughs> it's going to be a FOMO like I'm going to be upset that I'm not there. Like and there's no I can't go, but it I'm going to be upset that I cannot be at that game. But uh, I believe the Chiefs do end up winning that game. They would be the first team in NFL history to host five straight AFC championship games. I don't think New England ever did it. I think that stat and that nugget is going around. Uh, so there's one more thing to talk about with Patrick Mahomes. I know you're thinking about it very hard right now, but uh, it's pretty special when we talk about the golden age of 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 football here in Kansas city. So Trevor Sikamuff from pro football focus, man. We appreciate you for joining us. Hope uh, you and Alyssa have a fantastic holiday and Merry Christmas to all of you and Merry Christmas to everybody who is listening and happy holidays. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us as you're bundled up. If you're in the Kansas city area, bundled up uh, getting your chiefs fixed. We appreciate you for supporting what we got going on here at KC sports network. We'll have a few more shows getting you ready for the game on Saturday between the chiefs and the Seahawks. And we'll be live right after the game with our post game show. So Till then, have a uh, have a safe time, and we'll see y'all later. 
Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.